final time this season we're going to be previewing a game we're going to be looking at the uh, last game of the campaign against Walsall um, but as usual it's your place for finding out all you need to know about Carl United from Paul Furwell to Tom Tyro and Johnny Evans to Mark Ellis we've got it covered in today's episode as I've mentioned already we're going to be looking back on the the bonkers 3-2 win over Leighton Orient at the weekend previewing United's final game of the season against Walsall at Brunton Park, discussing your suggestions on how the club could improve fan experience at Brunton Park next season. And there'll also be a news update and a roundup of what X-Blues have been getting up to. And I'm joined on this episode, as usual, by one of my co-hosts, and it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad. I wasn't uh, far off with my free all at Orient last week, was I? No, no, no. We, we, we both went for that, didn't we? So uh, yeah. I can't remember who went for goal scorers, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Zanzara let us down very early on in that one. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. you go. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, can you guess the link from the uh, the, f- the four players? Uh, off the top of my head, no, but leave it with me. I think you've really struggled to get it. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, it's, a, it's an obscure one, isn't it? They've all scored goals on the last day of a regular season. Ah, right. So Paul Furball scored against, uh, obviously against Millwall in that famous 2-0 yeah, yeah. win. Tom Tyro scored at the end of the 2011-12 season. I think it was his last game for the club, actually, wasn't it? I think he left at the end of that season. Um, Johnny Evans, uh, back in the 60s, he scored a goal on the last game of the campaign. And Mark Ellis scored in um, Keith Curl's last game in charge against Newport. It was a 1-1 draw. Yeah. So there you go. It's interesting. I was, when I was looking it up, I was looking for names of players who scored on the last day of the season. I didn't realise. From when Jimmy Glass scored that famous goal at the very end of the 98-99 season, we didn't score a goal in a last game of the season, a regular game of the season, that is, until 2008 when Scott Doby scored against Bournemouth in a 1-1 draw. That's goal. so Carlisle United, isn't it? <clears throat> well, looking back at it, there's long periods where we don't score the last game of the season. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, dampen hopes for this weekend's game, but <laughs> we, we generally don't do that well in when it's a final game of the season, from experience. Yeah, especially if there's nothing to play for. Indeed, indeed. Well, I mean, the only one recently I can think of where we did was the free-free draw against Hartlepool when... Yeah, that was, a, charge, that was a bizarre game, wasn't it? We were 3-0 up at half-time, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Ended up losing, drawing free-free, but there you go. Um, let's go on to the news then, Dan. A um, little bit of news here that broke just after we recorded last week, didn't it? It was one of those ones we'd, we reported on other contract news, but this bit came out just afterwards. It's the news that the, the five remaining first-year pros at the club uh, will not be having their contracts extended beyond the end of this season. So that's Charlie Birch, Charlie Barnes, Tom Wilson, Liam Lifefoot and Jamie Armstrong. They've all been informed that they will not be kept on when their contracts expire in June. Um, I think it's probably fair to say circumstances have very much been against these five lads this season, haven't they? Yeah, uh, I, d- I did see, uh, just before we started recording, uh, in, in their newspaper article, Kiosk described them as victims. I think that's a bit, a bit over the top, but... Uh, you know, no, the, the, uh, several of them were on loan to Kendall, who's obviously seasoned 
wrapped up pretty quickly. And uh, I think Wilson was injured and, and didn't get a chance to go to Kendall. Yeah, and and then obviously I, Armstrong's it. been out for the second half of the season, hasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. just been a bit unlucky, haven't they? And I'd imagine that the young lads do probably get deals at places like, you know, your Kendalls and your Workingtons, I'd imagine. Yeah, so yeah. Good luck to them for, for next season. Um, the other bit, big bit of news, obviously, there's two bits of news that came out. Uh, but first, I'll, I'll skip ahead here. I'll go to the, the second bit I've got down here, Dan, which is um, that United have come second in the EFL and Premier League fan engagement table. I think it's a, is it the second year in a row we've become that high or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So basically this, this, this um, independent group puts together a fan engagement table based on, I think four different categories, isn't it? And um, United have come second, only behind Exeter City, who are a fan owned club. So <laughs> it's logical that they would be good at engagement. Um, I know some people have scoffed at this, but it, I think it's a good sign, isn't it? Of the work that particularly CUSG are doing, aren't they? And getting fans, an involvement in the club. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've seen in the last three or four years, the club are certainly far more open to dialogue than uh, they possibly were previously. Uh, uh, a little exclusive that should be announced by the time this comes out, there is to be a top table forum coming up in a week's time. Yeah. Uh, more details will be on the uh, the official site, etc. in the, the, well, hopefully by the time this is out, but uh, it'll be a chance for fans to put their questions to the various owners and movers and shakers at the club, and that's that's going to be done via online streaming. Obviously, due yeah. to COVID, uh, I'm actually going to be there to ensure that questions do get asked. I'm yeah. one of the question question masters for the evening, yeah. so. When, when that comes out, uh, it's your chance to ask your question and uh, follow the details in the article, which will tell you how to uh, get your questions asked. Yeah, it should be good because obviously it's been a difficult one this year in terms of trying to arrange something like that, hasn't it? It's been quite a challenge, actually. And I think the big thing in terms of engagement is it's kind of weird that you know, people berated the, the custodians, to, to give them the name, um, for the way they've engaged people they've actually engaged with people better by taking a step back and letting the people who do the day-to-day running the club take on the fans' questions. And actually, we've we've learnt a lot more about the club as a result, really. The only one big issue is the ongoing issue about the um, succession in the ownership, isn't there? But that, that's one that we suspect we might get a few more answers on that in the future. I don't know whether it's near future or maybe a little bit more distant, but I think we're probably going to find out more about that soon, would you say? I would like to think so. You know, there's there's... There's light, I would call it light suggestion that something is possibly in the background, but mm. un- until we hear something, who knows? Yeah. Well, let's move on to the last bit of news then, Dan. And this is quite the big one, isn't it? It's um, the financial results for the 2019-20 season. And um, it looks fairly positive, doesn't it? So uh, they published the results for the last season. Um and Chief Executive Nigel Clibbins has confirmed that the club will make a profit in excess of 750000 after the impact of coronavirus. Now, let's not get excited about that and think there's seven hundred fifty grand in the bank there to spend on players and like that. That's not the way it works, is it, Dan? It, it's a lot more complicated than that. Me and you, it, it's above our pay station, isn't it, in terms of yeah, how finances work? And but, also, we need to remember that this is only to... June 2020, yes, which was the original cessation of football and the very first lockdown period. So it's yeah. none of this covers the season that's just about to end. 
Yeah, there's a lot of other interesting stuff covered by uh, Clubber this week on the official site, wasn't there? I mean, particularly on the club has coped this season with the final impact of no fans at games. The signs are pretty promising. I think compared against a lot of clubs, especially, it sounds like we've basically got ourselves in shape to the, so that if fans are allowed back next season, you know, touch wood, we are in a position where we might be a lot better off than most clubs around us, won't we? Yeah, that certainly seems to be the... Uh sort of uh, the picture when when you read it all uh we we've always thought this was likely due to well transfer incomes obviously i mean uh, in the Cheers, ni- in the yeah in the 1920 there was income of 1.1 million uh, obviously the bulk of that would have been Branthwaite up front which was rumored to be around 800,000 yeah i think you might have had a bit from Macaro and a bit from Hallam Hope as well Hallam Hope will have been shekels you know, yeah. but uh, M- McCarran and Galloway were a little bit from Leeds. Uh, obviously, it says that not all of that cash was received in the year. I mm. think that possibly alludes to the uh, the Leeds one, because if memory serves me right, I think it took a little bit longer to come through. Yeah, and that was based on them getting promotions to the Premier League, wasn't it? We yeah, but, them, but what, what you need to remember as well is that this certainly... Some of the uh, Branfway add-ons will possibly have uh, come through in the next set of accounts, yeah. which won't be out for a year. And there's one from Henderson as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henderson and Cosgrove, the sell-on yeah. for Cosgrove. But uh, Derek McKinney's uh, Aberdeen was adamant wasn't there, but <laughs> I I have been personally told that there is one by the person who put it in the deal. So <laughs> unlucky lads. Go. There you go. I mean, let I'll pick up a few of the bullet points out there. Obviously, you mentioned there that the profit after tax in excess of 750000 Um Headline turnover is $4.5 million, which is the highest income since before 2015. And that's partly due to player transfer income, isn't yeah. it? Which you mentioned just then is around about $1.1 million. Not all of that cash will be received in the year. Um, did suffer a reduction in normal recurring income of 345000 due to the coronavirus. And this would have been far higher, but not for donations in lieu of refunds from fans and businesses. I mean, fantastic to see the way the fans and local businesses yeah, supported yeah. the club in that way. Um, I'm sure me and you are both involved in that uh, in our little way. Um, 361,000 of income was received from the coronavirus job retention scheme to protect jobs, and no jobs were lost due to coronavirus. Um, net assets, 4.9 million at 30th of June 2020. Cash in hand... Um, at that point, it was about half a million as well, which obviously was important money heading into this current season. I mean, vital. It means we've not had to go you know, begging for loans, have we, in terms of paying players' wages, which is an important thing there. Um, total debt is three million. New, including a new, hundred twenty thousand short-term loan from the EFL. Not a massive difference that's, there. That's is peanuts, really? really, isn't it? Hundred twenty grand. Well, we've been talking with some about this recently. When they're saying like, it's not unusual for a club to have a debt just sitting there. Yeah, not, not moving. I mean, low, I mean, big clubs have it. Chelsea have got huge debts sitting there. Yeah, nothing yeah. happens with them. It's 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 what kind of debts they are, and we're lucky in the kind of debts we've got at the moment. Really, yeah. um, no cash advances or repayments from EWM this year. Two point two five million of capital and interest due at the thirtieth of June, twenty twenty. That's not due to pay them. That's the amount that's sitting there. Basically, that's what it means by due. Yeah, and I, I do wonder if. Uh... We're coming up to the towards June again. I wonder if there's maybe going to be some sort of 
not a statement, but certainly an acknowledgement of what's going to happen with that going forward. That's maybe what's been alluded to with stuff going on in the background, because as we know, the debt is now officially with, uh, is it Pure Pay Retail Limited? Yeah, it's, it's essentially it's, the, the people who were involved at year do, um, yeah. are almost protecting it really, aren't they? It's, it's pa- eye, pa- isn't paper it? shuffling, isn't it? Yes, basically. That's, well, in our technical <laughs> terminology, Dan, uh, yes, it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see what happens over the next few months and Nigel made some really interesting comments in the CUSG minutes as well, didn't he? About the main, one of the main aims of them is just to get the, the balance sheet in a good shape, really, so that mm. the kind of people who are interested in buying the club are not vultures, not people who are yeah. coming in and thinking I can strip this and just bomb it off and not worry about the debt. Yeah. It's people put it in a good shape so hopefully good people will get involved in it. That's the aim, you'd hope. But yeah. there you go. Right, let's move on to the match review section then, Dan. Um, so yeah, we're looking back on the weekend win over Leighton Orient. It was Leighton Orient 2, Kyle United 3. Um, goals from Mellish, Alessandra Penalty and George Tanner with a injury time winner. Um, this was a really strange contest between two sides. <laughs> battling just to finish in the top 10, basically. It, it was a battle for 10th place, wasn't it? Yeah, we've essentially guaranteed that. And chances of finishing 9th for pretty slim as well aren't yeah, we? yeah i think we i think we'd have to win about five nil and is it salford would have to lose five nil yeah so, so it's not gonna happen is it yeah. and we can't we can't finish lower than 10 for now so yeah. we're pretty much finishing where we're gonna be um it was a topsy-turvy game at brisbane road uh basically the result gives us mathematical certainty that we couldn't get into the playoffs essentially that was what what, what the result did um beach stuck with generally as strong as possible 11 for the game resisting the opportunity to give fringe players a run out i mean Straight into it, Dan. It's just a stupid game of football. This, I mean, they said this on the radio. Lumsden was getting so annoyed about it, how yeah. ridiculous the game was. It was a typical sort of end of season, not really anything to play for. There's not even a word to describe it, is it? It was just crazy. I, I couldn't work out if I enjoyed it or not. That's the weird <laughs> yeah. thing about it. I was watching it, I was like... It was very Carlisle United. I think, I mean, looking at here, the stats here, we had 23 shots and seven on target. And yeah, I, I still felt a little bit annoyed at the end of the game. I don't know why, but it just yeah. it just kind of feels like that. I mean, getting onto the talking points, um, we've got to start on that opening ten or fifteen minutes or so, where defensively we were in absolute shambles, weren't we? I mean, yeah, I, I've picked out the, the two centre backs here, particularly focus on Nick Anderton. He looks excellent in a back three. In the previous game, he looked fantastic in playing in a back three. But he looks really shaky in a back four. Do I mean we, we said we think he might end up playing centre back in the future? Can you persevere with that, or is it one of those ones you look and think right? If we need to switch to a back three, we know he can fit in there. Is that the way you look at it? Mm, interesting, isn't it? I mean, he won't be up to full speed because obviously Jack Arm has very much made sort of left back his own at the moment. Yeah, and. We have sort of shuffled around a bit in the centre due to injuries to Bennett and McDonald. Uh, it would be very interesting because Anderton's one of the few players that we don't know what's happening with in the summer yet, isn't he? No, no it's true. So I would imagine he will probably get another offer because he's our captain at the end of the day, isn't he? So Yeah, you, you, you think he's probably going to get one, but... Then again, they might look at anything. Arm has developed so much. Do we need a player on as wage as big as Anderton's probably going to be on 
covering for him potentially. That, mm. That's why one way you're looking. Yeah. You might think, oh, do we get someone a bit cheaper, or do we get a, another young lad maybe to to back up Armour? It's I mean, it's amazing how well Armour's done this season. I mean, we'll we're going to cover sort of play reviews for the season, aren't we? Next week, I think, and the way he's slotted in as a young lad who'd never played football league level before, he doesn't look like it. An inexperienced youngster, does he? No, no. He's, been He's not phased, is he, at all? But yeah, I've got to say as well, though, Dan, that Aaron Hayden didn't have the greatest game alongside him either, to be fair. So you've got to, you've got to point that out to him. And he was at fault for the second goal, wasn't he, I think? Yeah, I think Hayden's been a little bit inconsistent in recent weeks, whether mm. that's just suffering from the, you know, a bit of tiredness from the backlog of games, catching up, you know, yeah. it's... Uh, he's, he's been almost ever present in that run. I think he missed one yeah, game, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. So it's going to be tough. I, I, think, I think he's our highest appearance maker this season as well, Hayden. Yeah, he won't be far off, will he? I think only maybe Farman or. Um... Farman will drop down now with Norman playing a couple. True, true, that's true. He's maybe had four, missed four, hasn't he, I think, in total. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, no. That, it's just one of those games, wasn't it? And defensively, we just didn't look like we were we were at the races at all, and yet we still managed to come out winners in the game, which is <laughs> yeah. which is crazy, isn't it? Really, um, we I mentioned it there before in the introduction, but he stuck with pretty much the strongest eleven he could pick. Bar maybe Mellish was the only real player you dropped who you'd expect to probably start yeah. if you're picking your strongest eleven. Do you think this was the right call? I mean, should he be trying different things, or considering we still had a chance to finish? Bottom half. Do you think it was more important to make sure we finished as high as possibly we could? First? I can understand. I can understand why for Orient because, you know, we've guaranteed ourselves a tenth place finish. Now, it was, uh, you know, an away game. But I would like to think on the flip that this week against Walsall, give some of these lads a run out. You know, it's yeah. even if it's just off the bench for half an hour. You know. Instead yeah. of five minutes. I've just uh, pulled up the stats here, actually, on who yeah. has played the most this season. Uh, Hayden has 42-2 and two from the bench. Uh, Mellish has 40-3 and three from the bench. Yeah. Callum Guy has 42. Paul Farman has 41. And you've got Alessandro with 37-7. and seven. Uh, There's quite a few in the, the sort of the 30s. It just shows you our strongest sort of play selection of players are then really, doesn't it? Yeah, those ones. But there you go. Um, yeah, I think I sort of agree. I think it, with hindsight, I was a bit annoyed before, but the more I thought about football, I do suppose I get the point of going and trying to make sure you get all three points. But if you're doing that, for me, Melly should be starting the game because he he's the one play you know real plays with fire in his belly, doesn't he? And he's he's got that desire to. To chase every single last ball, and you could see he was annoyed, wasn't he? I think when he when he uh, came on, he almost he was almost like he he felt an injustice for the fact that he didn't start the game. He was he wanted to go out and prove a point, and another really smart finish for his goal. Yeah, uh, like I say, he's, he's he's started most games, so you know he, he probably did think, you know, why why is it me that's missing out? Which which sort of shows the mentality of our squad. You know, they all want to play, so... Yeah. I mean, generally the team didn't play very well the first half, I think it's fair to say. I mean, going in 2-1 down, we are probably lucky it wasn't 3-4-1 or down, really, weren't we? I mean, yeah. one thing we didn't mention there before, actually, Nick Anderton's clearance off the line was outstanding. Yeah, How he yeah. kept that one out, I don't know. But, um, 
won the penalty, Zanzala, and then uh, stepped up to take it, <laughs> manages to injure himself by the sounds of things, and it, it was not a good penalty, was he? No, well. no, no. Played a back pass to the keeper, didn't he? Yeah. Really frustrating that. Um, then Melish obviously gets the equalised, and then we give away a soft goal just before the break, and at that point you're thinking, ah, that that's the point where you start to think to yourself, why didn't you just put out, you know, a, a changed 11, give a few players a run out because they didn't look interested in a lot of those players, did they? I think they yeah. rock up the backside at our time because we definitely came out looking a lot sharper after the break and Alessandro won the penalty in the second half. Obviously, by this point, um, Zanzal had gone off for Melish. Um, stepped up to take it. I mean, excellent penalty, wasn't it? I think, personally, if he's starting, he should be the penalty taker because technically he's, he's such a good player, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, it just brings me back. I remember on the message board at the start of the season, there was a lad claiming that uh, Alessandro will do nothing this season. Well, he's scored nine goals in total, and I think he's got about seven or eight assists. Mm. So I think he's more than proved his worth this season. We've said it countless times on this programme. When he plays well, we play well. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that, and... It's finding a way to fit him into the team sometimes. When you play him at centre forward, he's not probably going to get as many goals as other players might do in that role. But he links other players in and they benefit, like Mellish benefits massively from when he plays as that centre forward, doesn't he? He runs off him. So I yeah. I think Alessandro would be best playing off a central striker in a 3-5-2. Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? When you're playing free at the back, he probably is a player you want to have in there, I think. Mm. I think he suits it really well in that, in that formation. Um, Magnus Norman. Came in again for this game. Decent enough performance, really. I mean, for me, good penalty save. Very good penalty save. He, he looks. He's a big. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he he looks good as a backup. I'm not yet sure whether he'd be a decent number one. It's hard to tell this early on. But I think I think we haven't seen enough of him to be no, fair. That, that's we? the thing. I still think Farman's the better keeper. Than what I've seen so far, and it would be interesting to see Norman with a crowd in. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I mean, someone on the message board suggesting we've been off Farman and promote Gab Breeze and just have him as backup to mm. Norman. I mean, that's absolute nonsense. It'd be a that. risk, wouldn't it? It's a risk and it's a nonsense, isn't it? Because, I mean, look, yeah. at Farman's got the you know the joint highest clean sheet record for us since Kieran Westwood in 2008, you know, and it's only the fact that he's missed his last few games that he's probably not going to beat that record of the of uh, Bonham and Colin, isn't it? So there you go. Um George Tanner, he had a tough tough time in this game, didn't he, I think it's fair to say. I mean, up against Brophy for Oregon, he looks a very good player, actually. Really impressed with him. Um, but he didn't get a huge amount of support, actually. I think that's probably a, a fair point. Yeah, yeah. But once again, comes up with the goods with a goal, doesn't he? And, and, and a shot from the edge of the area. He, he, with his left foot, <laughs> he's not got a bad finisher, is he, with his uh, no, swinger, he's, is he? No, uh, he's, he's quite good at... His goal against... Uh, all his goals have been... I think yeah. that was his third, wasn't it? The, yeah. They've all been quite similar, just sort of coming into the box. Well, it, it was of... almost identical to his goal against Morecambe, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, I was, just, I was right. just working out if it was Morecambe or Salford, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it just shows, you know, the, the fitness levels are obviously back up because the fact that our right-back's making those runs into the box in injury mm. time in the 90th minute is, is a good sign, you know. I was really impressed with how he strikes the ball as well. He, yeah. He, he just, it's so, there's no curve or anything. It was just like an arrow into the bottom corner. Yeah. And, I, I, th- I think that, again, it's something we've alluded to before. Obviously, when we interviewed him, he mentioned about how they all play different positions at Man United. Mm. And I think that, that's fairly obvious when, when he has a shot. Yeah, we haven't had many right-backs in recent years that score a lot of goals, have we? Really? No. Nice, nice to have one that's a... Well, Tom Miller obviously got a few, didn't he? 
when he was uh, when he was here as well for a couple of the seasons at least. Um, but yeah, no, good, good to see him get a winning goal. I mean, I think he would be the first to say, like I said, that he didn't have the greatest game defensively. But he's come up with the goods later on in the game, hasn't he? So, yeah, I mean, that's... first half of the season, George was brilliant. Uh, obviously, then he had his injury and then he sort of came back when, when you know, the club was struggling full stop. And like many others, it's been very stop-start. And, you know, I, I think you can sort of make a comparison with Hayden, who we mentioned earlier. You know, I think, I think it's probably just general, you know, they've played that much football in three months. It's... They are going to have the odd bad game, aren't they? But uh, the, these players will have learned a lot. You know, for most of them, it's the first full season. You know, you're talking Hayden, Tanner, Riley, even the likes of Callum Guy. You know, they, they've never played this many games in a season. Mm-hmm. And it, it can only board well for next season, hopefully. Absolutely. And the fact that we're keeping most of the squad together, I think, is a key thing as well. Yeah. It seems like Beach is very keen to... To get most of them tied down, I mean, we haven't really sort of covered it in the talking months, but I might as well mention it here. I mean, the way he was talking after the game in some of his post-match interviews, it sounds like he's quite keen to actually keep Dean Furman and possibly even Gimme Toure. He wasn't, because Toure's not featured in the last few matchday squads. But the way he was talking was quite unusual, wasn't it, really? I'll be honest with you, I sometimes find it hard to understand the point he's making, Chris Beach, in some of his interviews, because he goes off on tangents a little bit. But... I don't know what you made of it, Danny. It sounded to me like he he wants to keep Furman, but it might be difficult to convince him to stay because he's not been getting game time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as everyone knows, I'm the self-confessed Dean Furman fan club. Uh, <laughs> like, again, as we've said previously, the number of players who've mentioned what a good bloke he is, you know, he, he's obviously the old head of the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And... It, he isn't the sort to probably complain, but there are, whenever he's come in, he's always done a half decent job, I think. And yeah. I think he's just been a bit unlucky in that we've had such a settled midfield. You know, just mentioned there that Guy and Mellish are into the 40 appearances each. Riley won't be far behind them, you know, so yeah. he's just a little bit victim of circumstance. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? So it's going to be interesting next week to see what happens with the uh, release list because, like you said, there's still some big names there to to be decided on, obviously. And yeah, you know, your Patricks and your Zanzalas and your Andertons we mentioned, and Reese Bennett, even if we can convince him to stay, I'd imagine Beach will offer him something, whether he will stay or not. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think we've pretty much covered the Orient game there, Dan, haven't we? I mean, it's just like I said, just a, just a weird, weird end of season game, wasn't it? Yeah. Just an odd one. Right, we'll take a break now then. We'll be back soon and we'll be uh, looking ahead to the Warsaw game and also going through your uh, answers to our fans' question from last week about the fan experience of Brunton Park. We'll be back in just a sec. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. And we're back for part two of this episode. Uh, looking ahead to the final game of the season at home against Walsall at Brunton Park. Um does anyone really care what happens in this game? <laughs> it's hard to get motivated, isn't it? Really, it's, yeah. a, it's a strange one. I, I put on Twitter the other day. I I bought my uh, my final iFollow pass of the season uh, the yeah. other day, and I've, uh, I've, I've literally just had my email through as we're recording with my uh, codes. So. Yeah, obviously because you you got a cash season ticket, didn't you? This season, yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, it's, I I just hope to hell that fans are back next season because. As as Julian from the Lowdown podcast we spoke to last week said, what watching games on iFollow has made you realise is just how bloody awful some of the games are. Yeah. 
I mean, some of those games that were nil-nils and great dreadful games, I probably still would have enjoyed going to the game because I would have been having a crack with the people around yeah, me. Imagine yeah. having a pint afterwards or something. Or you could have a laugh and talk with you. God, wasn't that game bloody awful? And, you know, you'd go down and think, oh, when, when, when have we seen a game worse than that? You'd get chatting about it, wouldn't you? Whereas with this, you sat at home, you know, on your sofa in your pants eating a <laughs> packet of Monster Munch. And it's just, oh. Other other snacks are available. Yeah, well, if, if Monster Munch wants to sponsor us, there we're more, more than welcome to take free uh, free supplies of it. Um, but only yeah. for pickled onion, roast beef for me. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just it's just not as enjoyable, is it? It it it's made you realise how important having fans there and going to the games actually is, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a completely different scenario. And, to be fair, at the start of the season, it was new, wasn't it? It was, it was a novelty, yeah. Yeah, novelty is the right word. And I think it has, especially as the season sort of petered out, I think certainly the novelty has worn off, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, not to give you any omens here, Dan, but uh, the referee for this weekend's game is Mark Edwards. Now, the last game he refereed for us is a game that you won't want me to talk about because it was in a trophy that we don't talk about. But well, it doesn't count then, does it? Exactly. So what was um, his game before that? Prior to that, his, his game was a nil-nil home draw with Grimsby in December 2019. I genuinely don't remember anything about that game, so that probably tells you no. anything tonight, doesn't it? It's going to be an awful one. Um, up against Walsall, a, a team that that we expected to do... I can't remember what we expected them to do. I think we thought they were going to be mid-table, potentially, because they'd kept a settled squad pushing for the playoffs. But actually, it turns out keeping a settled squad worked against them because they didn't strengthen, did they? And they, they've really struggled this season, haven't they? they yeah, they've, they've just they've not, not done, done done very much ever no I mean Daryl Clark is someone we thought was a very good manager for them that's one of the reasons we thought they'd do alright because they had a decent manager in charge but for some reason he's just not been able to sort it out there has he and he's ended up leaving to go to Port Vale and <laughs> he's worked wonders there he just yeah. seems like he's fall, fallen into his lap really hasn't it and maybe just Port Vale didn't have the right manager and that was the problem yeah. all season I mean but... you, you look at Walsh and we're looking at the, the last 11 here and our notes and there's not much stands out is there no, I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, Hayden White's one of the few names I recognise there. I mean, the yeah, rest of them. it's just a very... Other day, I suppose. And it's Gordon, a very but... average League Two squad, isn't it? Average is probably even being kind, you could argue. Yeah, yeah. They've picked up a bit of form lately. Um, in the last six games form table, they're 13 for the moment. They've won three and uh, lost three of the last six. Um, prior to that, they were on a horrendous run. I don't think they won for something like 15, 16 games. Yeah. And that included the, obviously the game where we beat them on, on the on 2nd of January, didn't we? Oh, and, those were the days. Oh, God, you look back at them now and you think they were awful and we were flying. You thought there's only one way this could happen. Actually, yeah. we finishing closer to them than we could have possibly imagined in the end, didn't we? So, um, yes, I mean, the recent forms picked up. I mean, They'd lost out last time out against, I mean, Morecambe, who we were just having an incredible season, really. Um, the, the last win was in the previous fixture, but I mean, that was against Scunthorpe. And I mean, God, anyone could beat Scunthorpe right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're lucky that they had a short run of form, didn't they? I think about February, yeah. March. And that's just kept them out of trouble, really. Um, but two impressive wins over Forest Green and Tramir Rose in those last six of, yeah. fish as well. But mind you, they're, they're two teams that have had a really. Shocking running, haven't they? Yeah, Yet, yeah. It looks like they're probably going to just about make the playoffs in the end. All, all, all this talk just basically sums up what we've said all season that it's just not a very good league two these days. I mean, this season especially. I mean, yeah. I think the circumstances this season have 
have dictated that basically the most consistent sides were going to be near the top and Cheltenham have been consistent all season. Cambridge have been pretty consistent. Morecambe have been pretty consistent. I mean, Bolton are arguably the, the outlier, aren't they? Because they've shot up the league, haven't they, really, after an, an awful yeah. first half of the season. But most of the teams up there are the ones that have been consistent, basically. And that's the difference uh, over the campaign. Um, so, yeah, I mean, their manager is Brian Dutton. Um, not much of a professional career to talk about. I think he played a few games for Cambridge, and that's about it, really. He's, he's mostly been a non-league player, but he was Daryl Clark's assistant. When Clark left, he was given the head coach role until the end of the season. But I think that's very much a stopgap, knowing that they were unlikely to go down sort of thing. Yeah, wasn't I it? think it's maybe him just you know doing a, a favour for them almost. And yeah, and doing see, that see, see, see how see, it goes. See who's available in the summer type thing. Yeah, and he's basically... Daryl Clark's probably said to him, look, you can you can join me in the summer if you want, if they let you go. So yeah. I imagine that's what you'll do with that. I mean... Former Blue Hayden White, I've seen their ranks as we mentioned before, and uh, Danger Man. I mean, I, I picked up three attacking players. They're, they're good players, but beyond that, there's not much to pick out there, is there? I mean, no. uh, Osadabi, Josh Gordon's a very good player on his day, and Wes McDonald, but other than that, there's, I, I'd struggle to get excited if I was a Saddler. Yeah. And if then, you know, there's, there's a real danger if they don't improve over the summer, they could be right down near the bottom at the end of the season, couldn't they? They could do a scunfall this season, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to see them go out because it's it's a, it's a good away day, isn't it? It's a nice little it's trip down the M6. One, isn't it? yeah. Easy one to get to. When it was open, the uh, the Saddler Social Club used to be a great place to go for a drink. Um, we actually, last time we went, uh, me, Mike and uh, mate of ours, Johnny, went to this pub. Just as you come off the motorway and you're heading towards the ground, there's a little pub on the side, but it's also an Indian. And Johnny, Johnny had a curry before the game. And he, he insists it's the best curry he's ever had. He's listening to this and I know he'll, he'll want me to mention the Walsall curry that he had and he keeps saying like well, one weekend I might just have a little drive down to Walsall and go and have a curry at this pub yeah but there you go um, so yeah I mean in terms of United for this game I mean mentioned in the review section but surely Chris Beach is going to give some of those fringe players a run out of this game now we know we're more or less finishing 10th you'd think you would think so I mean McDonald and Bennett are highly unlikely to be playing no you don't risk them do you really yeah. and obviously Anderton is not in the best of form. So, Morgan Feeney, do we give him a run out? Possibly. He played He played 60 minutes for the reserves last week. Mm. Uh, obviously, they'll have probably not wanted to feature him Saturday because just let him recover. More but intense if he, game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, if, he, if he's had a full, a full week of training, why not? Yeah. And regarding Feeney, the feeling seems to be that we may already have something in place with him for next season. Well, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Because I'd like we, to see we, we, We've not had any like. confirmation from anyone, but just the general feeling from words that have been said suggests that he may be here next season, which... Well, I'd, I'd, I'd hope so, because I'd, I'd like, really would like to see what he's got to show, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been very unlucky with picking up a broken foot. Like, 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 like I've said before, a fit Morgan Feeney would be nowhere near Brunton Park. Oh, absolutely not. If he has a good you know, start to the season, you want to get him tied down pretty quickly. Yeah, down longer yeah. Deal, wouldn't you? There you go. Um, so yeah, I'd like. To, I mean, I'd like to see Charters get a start at the very least in this game. I think. He'd, yeah. And 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 maybe even give Dixon a run out. I yeah. don't, don't really see the harm in that. And the, Scott. I was going to say Scott will be the other one, especially if Zanzala's still got his knock. Yeah, that that'd be the obvious one, wasn't it? Because I mean, yeah. like I said, at the end of the day, we know what Alessandro can do. Um, 
Patrick maybe still needs to impress to earn his deal. Possibly, maybe that's Possibly, why you'd start yeah. him. So, yeah, you know, he's not been in great form of late. I mean, that that's the kind of play he is. He's inconsistent, but on his day, he's he's unstoppable at this level. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, you've more or less covered the injuries there. I think Dan. I mean. Ethan Walker, possibly a slight doubt because he came off of a knock, didn't he, after having yeah. called as a sub yeah. again, sorry. He didn't look very happy about it, but he, it, it seemed to be for an injury. So from what, from what Beecher said... He'd well, also so. picked up a yellow card, hadn't he? Yeah, I don't know. He's been a bit unlucky with that one, I yeah. think it's fair to say. But uh, but there you go. I mean, if he's fit, I'd, I'd probably give Walker a run out because I think he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah. earned it. But yeah, I have to see. Well, let's, let's, should we do um, some uh, predictions then, Dan? 5-0. <laughs> okay. You're gonna go having what having listened to what I said earlier about the fact that we rarely score on the final day of the season. You're gonna go. Ah, but you, you, you haven't worked. You haven't heard how the five are coming yet. Oh, Chedwin yeah. Scott gets given his five minute run out and scores a goal a minute. <laughs> okay. Before okay. ripping his shirt off in front of the bench, shouting "Sign me up!" <laughs> pointing at David Holdsworth in the box, and oh. then he gets a two year deal and scores twenty five next season. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for four nil, and that's partly because I think we'll we'll play with a bit of freedom, and I just think Walsall are absolute gash. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mean, I, I I didn't get a chance to get a Walsall fan on, but I'd imagine he wouldn't have been the happiest person ever. No, no. After the way they've played this season, so I'm going to go for four nil. Uh, goal scorers. Uh, if Morgan Feeney plays, I reckon he'll score. If not, Aaron Hayden. Um, let's throw in a Coyote goal to sign him off. For his time of us, um, Scott will get a goal, and why not Taylor Charters will get his first goal for the club as well. Yeah. So there you go, four nil. Right, let's move on to the X Files before we go on to the uh, the fans' question bit. Dan, um, quite a bit, quite, this. quite a bit this week. Yeah, yeah busy week. Goals, goals from a, a selection, quite a few mm. usual names. Uh, Mark Beck scored for Harrogate. More on him in a minute. Yeah, uh, Josh Todd for Air United. Geffen Jones for Bolton. Uh, Tom Lawrence for Derby, Cole Stockton once again for Markham. He's incredible for him this season. Yeah. Fair play to him, right? Fair play. Uh, Paddy Madden for Stockport. Uh, Jelly Yates got a couple more for Blackpool. They're in the playoffs uh, now, aren't they, I think, guaranteed? Yeah, and I f- yeah. I, if they don't go up, I think Yates will be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Daryl Duffy for Stranra. Mm. Angelo Balanta got another for Dagenham. Goal machine, isn't he? Just it's gone for fun. And the the best one of the week here. Yes, this is a yes. classic. Former Loney Callum Higginbottom scored for Kelty Hearts in their first leg against Broader Rangers. In the that's the winners of the Lowland and the Highland leagues. The winner of this game gets to play Brecon City in a two-legged playoff to go into the uh, bottom Scottish division next I, I season. I absolutely love the name of Scottish teams. I can't get enough of like, you know, Bonnie Rig Rose and Gala Faradine and stuff like that. You know, just incredible how they some of the names of the teams yeah, up there. Clackin' couldn't. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I was, I've, I've seen some tweets about this the other day because Breakin, weren't they trying to argue that all oh, because of the, the way the season's gone over from, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be uh, in a playoff or something. What, what that argument was, was that the two teams in the playoff have had two curtailed seasons mm. and they basically said they should both get promoted and break and stay in the league. And that, but then, did you see East Stirlingshire's um, response yeah, to them? Yeah. Basically saying, man up and <laughs> take the yeah. relegation like we did. Enjoy your time in the Lowland League. Yeah, and, yeah. Or oh, no. oh, would Breakin be in the Highland League? I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Not sure how the cutoff yeah. works there. 
Uh, other news, Tony Gallimore's son has got a pro deal I, with Scunford. Sam there, it's actually Dan. Apologise, yeah. I put Sam there. Uh, he's uh, finished his YTS at Scunthorpe and uh, signed a pro deal. Isn't his other son at Carlisle City? Yes, I think so, I think yeah. Is, yeah. Oh. Uh, Richie Bennett was recalled by Stockport from his loan at Hartlepool after scoring, I think it was five in four games. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly panicked and thought, hang on a sec, they're pulling away from us from yeah, yeah. and called him back to Stockport. So yeah. I think they've gone ahead of Stockport in the league now, haven't they? Hartlepool yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very tight at the top now. Uh, Mark Beck uh, again mentioning him won the FA Trophy with Harrogate Uh, this was the (laughs) 2019-20 final and uh, Harrogate become the first league team to win the FA Trophy uh, Kedwin Scott's former team Hebburn they won the Vars FA Vars as well yeah, and, yeah. and aren't they in the final again or they, they're on the way I to think the they're final in, I think they're in the quarters is it next <laughs> yeah but the, the the Northern League teams are always traditionally quite strong in yeah. the Vars to yeah, be fair uh, Simon Tracy has left his chief scout role at Northampton probably Oldham any day soon <laughs> prob- probably heading for Oldham over the summer and uh, one that just came out, uh, former forward and Penrith player, Stephen Rigg, has left Dover, which isn't a surprise no, because a bit of a mess, aren't they, Dover are in a massive mess. Uh, I, I, I Actually, my mate is good mates with Riggy, and the deal he got offered to sign for Dover was ridiculous by non-league mm. standards. But, uh, yeah, he, he'll be looking for another club. Mm. And then I stumbled upon a copy of the Newcastle Chronicle at work last night and some cracking former names here. So it's a non-league update. Yes, Adam Campbell and Michael Liddell have been released by Darlow. I think Campbell is going to Gateshead. Mm. Liddell, uh, I, mean, I can't believe you told me he's only 32, isn't he? I yeah. thought he'd be older. And Gateshead, speaking of Gateshead, they're struggling to hold on to Jordan Cook. Mm. Uh, Connor Thompson, ex Carlisle and Blackburn, is staying at Blythe and has a point to prove, apparently. Mm. And uh, Gary Liddell got a red card playing for Hartlepool. <laughs> there you go. So, that's it. That's, that's mm. the uh, XL section. Nice busy one this week. I'm, yeah. Imagine next week's will be very busy because we'll have the retain list. And what we'll do is we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 prob- we'll probably do that se- separate, yeah. Yeah, because I imagine it's going to be a busy one, isn't it? Yeah, um, we, we'll, we'll, in fact, we could probably do that tied in with the sort of end of season review, couldn't we? Indeed, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through and work out which ex United players have been promoted this season and whatnot and relegated. So we'll get that together. Yeah. Um, okay, well, then to finish off this week, Dan, uh, something a little bit different. We uh, we asked the listener the question last week, didn't we? Yes. We, uh, we, and we got the some fan fantastic feedback. Yeah, loads of responses, actually. Really, really yeah, impressive. We're going to try. Go for Sorry, across across our Twitter and our newly launched Facebook page. Yes, thank you to everyone so who's like that. If you're on Facebook, just search The Brunton mm. Bugle and you will yeah. find us. So basically, the, the question we asked was, with fans expecting to be back at games again next season after being by the test games away for nearly 18 months, what improvements would you like to see from the fan experience of Brunton Park where it's bars, foods, ticket options or other facilities? Let us know. Um some really interesting responses. I mean, 
I'll be honest with you, the vast majority was about the standard of the food and the drink. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Which lot. We yeah. lots about that. We, 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 we had an idea that was going to be the case. So what I'll do is I'll cover the facilities and ticket section bit first because that's a little bit smaller. And then we'll plough on through the uh, the food and drink one. And then there's a little bit of us from the comedy answers, I think it's fair to say, at the end. Yeah. Um, so in terms of facility and tickets, uh, first up, David Harrison on Twitter said, more ticket offers, like, say, kids for a pound during the school holidays. And if there's back-to-back home games, two tickets for the price of one and drop the free quid extra charge on buying a ticket on a match day. I mean, the, the free ticket extra charge is a bugbear of yours, isn't it, Dan? You've always yeah, been annoyed I'm, like that. I'm not a massive fan of it, never have been. No. I remember, I think I asked about it once at one of the meetings with the club, and it was to gauge how many stewards, etc., they would need, and food and drink. Well, if you can't... My, my, my response was, if you can't tell what the crowd's going to be based on our current league position previous games crowds and opposition you know you're doing something seriously wrong in my my well, opinion well can i say something on that as well if it's all about having the bars properly staffed and everything they're so poorly staffed on some match days there's no way they're using those figures to work it out well they're yeah. not doing it properly clearly but then, so then that, that's, the that's that's probably because it's been uh contracted out hasn't it and could it be down to lack of communication Possibly. That might be an issue. You never know. Yeah. Um, but I think he's absolutely right about ticket, obviously. I, I think it would be good to see maybe for those like half-term weeks if we've got a midweek game. Do you the kids for a quid? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, I know we, we do quite cheap tickets for kids already, but do it up to like 21-year-olds, something saying up yeah. to 21 years old, you can get a ticket for a pound. You'll get people who'll come home during the holidays from the university, what or not. They'll come and watch the match, you know. Might encourage them to go to some more games on top of that, so... I'd like to, I find I'd agree with that with David. I think maybe that's one that I'd like to see some a bit more exciting to get off as really. I think that's the key thing. And I've, to be fair, I think Nigel Clibbins has suggested, hasn't he, that they do want to look at what the ticket offer they do is and try and yeah. improve it because it, 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 it's stuck. It, it's kind of good that we've sort of stuck with the same prices for quite a few years now, but it's stagnating a little bit, isn't it? And I think even bumping some of the prices up a little bit and leveling them out. If, if you said like. It, it was a standard 20 quid, whatever, for some tickets, but you didn't have the extra three pound thing. I think people would be more accepting of it, probably. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. Um, David Snowden on uh, Twitter said, free sides of the ground, exclamation mark. I too would like to see the waterworks utilised. I think someone else actually did suggest this, so apologies, Aaron, picked your old one out. Uh, having fans on all sides of the ground can only be a good thing. Oh, and the Warwick Road end urinal. We'll, we'll get onto that in a minute because that, that gets brought up a few times as well. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I would like to see four sides of the grounds, but I totally understand the reasoning for the club not using it because yeah. it is an additional cost. It is additional stewards. You've got to have the catering hut open. You've got to have toilet facilities and things like that. You've got, and, and plus, it, it, you're potentially putting fans off coming because it is an open terrace. If you've got a roof on it, then maybe you might encourage more fans to come in that end, possibly. But that's, that's the problem with them, because it's an open terrace. I think it would be slightly off-putting, too. But then again, you probably don't care what happens to the away fans, do you? No, not <laughs> at all. No. Yeah, I mean, would you like to see all four stands open? Uh, traditionally, yes, but I do understand why we don't at present. I think that's the fairest answer. And we need somewhere to put our flags next season, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, well, Mike Edgar next up, he, he repeats the point about um, the Warwick Road end in particular. The toilets and catering in the Warwick Road end are in desperate need of improvement. Um, 
Aldi B, Aldi, sorry, on her Twitter also says the B stand toilets uh, too small and leaking all the time. I mean, the problem with those ones is there's not huge amount. You can you could probably do them out. I think they could definitely do a refreshing, but yeah, there's not much you can do in terms of size. Is there in that? The, one, it, it, that it goes back to the the main stand just being a rabbit warren of rooms and yeah. pipes and what have you. Yeah, it's just not well put together, is it, for, for this no. day and age? But yeah, Mike's point about the toilets in the water road, and I mean, that comes up a few times. Um, I mean, I'm looking through here. Um, David Harrison, actually, again, he has another point where he says the roof on the Warwick bog and maybe a sink to wash our hands. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that tells you all you need to know, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. It's one of those things, maybe it's one thing to look at in the future for CUSG and look at, is that somewhere where we invest some money actually building some decent Yeah, well, just, just going on, on about uh, sink washing, uh, Avril Richards on Twitter also said hot water to wash your hands in winter. Yes. It's, it's freezing enough without having to use... Yes, abs- absolutely agree on that one. That's that's something that winds up even the, the paddock. Probably the newest set of toilets in the whole ground, the paddock south ones, are an absolute state sometimes. And the, the taps, half of them don't work. I think only one of the hand dryers works. It's yeah. little things like that people start then, to notice, and it, it makes. I've, the I've, I've just looked at another one here. Uh, Adam Stoddart via Facebook. It's a stupid one, he says, but in the pioneer stand, the bogs, are, <laughs> pardon the pun, a shit state. <laughs> yeah. And in more than need of a repaint, some sprucing up the needed. It's little things like this people notice, don't they? Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. It, and it, they turn up to a game and they're like, oh, why do I want to take my kid along to this match when, you know, the facilities yeah, are crap yeah. like this? And it's little things like that that sometimes get a bit neglected. It's something that I think the club probably needs to look at in terms of, just giving some of those facilities a good little spruce up. That's what, yeah. that's what they need. Which I, the Warwick Road End's a completely different matter altogether. I mean, I've not been in the Warwick Road End for maybe 20 years now, I think, to watch a game, possibly sooner than that. But the, the toilets back then were literally, uh, there was no roof on it. It was some chicken wire above to stop people getting in, to breaking in, or probably breaking out of some bad games, I think. Um and a wall, basically a, a, a trough against the wall, like a, yeah. a, 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 a bit of piping, wasn't it? Like a, a gutter. Yeah. yeah, not not good enough. That 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 that's something that where we need to look at and think. Oh, can we build a small toilet block around the back yeah, there? Because yeah. there's probably space to build something there. But while while, yeah. while we're on about facilities, uh, Howard Pimblet via Facebook, please keep a seat clean throughout the season. You shouldn't have to pay twenty pound to sit in bird mess. Yeah. To which uh, Jim Wright replied. This also applies to the paddock yeah, crush yeah, barriers. Absolutely, I've, I think I think we generally have a bit of a bird problem at the club. Yeah, I know the flags that we've got up. A couple of them have got several bird mess on them now because <laughs> we've nobody been in the Warwick Road end for a long time. There's birds flying in and out at a lot at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. So well, we'll have to get the pressure washers out for that one. Maybe oh, before they uh, before they get put away at the end of the season. Um, Yes, I mean, generally, the, the standard of the toilets around the ground is something that's, that's come up quite a lot. So thank you to everyone who's mentioned that. We will feed that back to the club as well, because I think particularly the Warwick Road, and there needs to be some sort of solution there because they aren't good enough. That, that's being brutally honest there. Um, anything else from facilities, Dan? I mean, there's a good one here from uh, C. Coulthard on Twitter. He said, I think everyone else can agree on the catering, which we'll come to in a minute. Um, one specific request though a new TV in the paddock bar closest to the Warwick I think it's from the early 90s <laughs> and it's a good point some of the facilities in terms of things like that haven't been upgraded for a long time and I know it's an extra cost and the club have got to you know look at where they've saved money possibly but it's it's not too expensive to buy a decent 
you know, flat screen telly these days, is it, Don? This this is where we should be trying to utilise connections with local businesses. Yes. If you can find a local business to donate half a dozen decent flat screen tellies. At the half price or something like that and they get some yeah, sponsorship thrown in. You know, we'll chuck them some sponsorship or give them a free day out in Foxes in return. You know, it's... Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't we don't always follow the match sponsors over the season, do we? So it's one of those ones you say, well, how about if you give us some... Like, you give us some free TVs, we'll make you match sponsor for this game coming up. And don't just give them a crappy Tuesday night game. Give them a, not yeah, like the, yeah. your top billing one, like a, a Bolton or something, but you give no, them a decent no. game, don't you? Yeah. That's what you'd, you'd think. But um, but yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers the facilities bit, doesn't it? Dan? Oh, sorry, no, there's one here from Paul Hayton uh, on Facebook, and he said, get better stewards with people's skills and not bullies who think they own the place. I mean, stewards is one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's quite subjective, and I think people down the years have complained about these things. I know from from experience of when I used to be up in the press box a lot and going up to the B stand and the two fellas on the stairs they're absolutely bob on aren't they they're really nice blokes and really helpful they've been doing it for years it it can be just depend on the people you get sometimes isn't yeah it, a little bit, isn't it? I, I think some of this as well stems from the mask wearing when we were allowed in for games this yeah. season there was there was I, I remember I, I got approached in the Warwick once asked to put my mask up and I was like well, how am I going to finish eating this sandwich I brought? You know, yeah. do I eat it through the mask? And uh, and uh, I think it was the next game. One of them told my lad to put his mask on. I'm like, well, he's not turned eleven yet. He doesn't have to wear it. No, exactly, exactly. But, it's sometimes it's a bit of training, isn't it? Yeah, again, get, it, go, it goes down to the communication thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and if they get people in last minute as well, you know, people quite often they'll have new starters. Most games, weren't they? I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah. It can be difficult, can't it? But, um, other things Paul said: uh, the ticket system is a joke, uh, as well. Why it takes so long to get a ticket is beyond me. I don't think it's as bad these days. I think I think it's it's been much more improved. I mean, I, when it, they started taking postcodes and stuff like that, it was a nightmare. But actually, my experience in recent times when I've got one is actually it's not too too difficult. I don't know what. I mean, you you probably bought tickets more often than me for games because you had a season, didn't you, where you didn't have a season ticket, so yeah. you might know better than me, but I suppose you bought them in advance as well, didn't you? So. Yeah, I, I was usually nipping down if I was in the area. It was easy just to pop in the office and get one, so... Yeah. I mean, he says overall, match day experience is crap for all, suppose. Could do with so much more to get fans down earlier. A beer tent, we'll get into that one in a minute. Um, maybe local youth games on the training pitch, get community more involved. I think doing stuff on the training pitch is a risk because they don't want to churn it up because we we have enough problems yes, yeah. with that. And I I understand why they might want to protect that. Um, like I said, we'll talk about the beer tent in a minute. Um, he also mentioned obviously about the food and drink general service is not good enough. The young workers do try but they the best, but they need more help. Let's move then on to the food and drink, Dan, because there's a lot to the, the, this, this is a big one because the club are actually currently negotiating with potential suppliers. So yes, yeah. I know, I know that Nigel Clibbins will be listening to this eagerly. So. Yep. Well, uh, first up, Aldi on Twitter said, a fan zone like the one at Tramway would be good. They had some ace beers on, decent enough food and live bands, among other things. Th- this is something that I, I, I went to that briefly into that fan zone at Tramway and it was brilliant. Some of the work Tramway Rovers actually do down there, it's one of those ones you almost think, <clears throat> Sorry, could the club send someone down there to, to speak to Tramway or have a look at some of the stuff they do? Because yeah, yeah. we're not in direct competition with them for fans in, in an area. So we could say, well, what, what, what stuff do you do in a match day? I mean, there's not a huge amount of space around Prenton Park either. If anyone's been down there, it's hemmed in by streets on two sides, isn't it? Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a car park, I think, where they pretty much put the, the tents. And 
that's taking away some of the parking. But the advantage is you're getting more people down early who probably wouldn't drive anyway because they're going well, to drink. We, we, we've mentioned before that the, the main car park in Brunton Park would be ideal for this. You know, you, you would have to jiggle your parking about a bit for players and staff. But if, if, if you could put a semi-permanent tent up with, you know, a DJ on and some... Uh, Hmm. Some some decent food and drink, you know. I think I think they'd be quite surprised. I'd go down more often. At the moment, yeah, I, yeah. I stay in town. I go for. Well, I used to go to Spoons. Probably won't go as much now. But I'd, I'd go to Brewdog or you know, I know or to go down to is it Devonshire Street, isn't it, or whatever? And well, not Devonshire Street. What's the one with all the bars on? I always forget the name of it. I can't remember it now. Yeah, Devonshire Street. Is it Devonshire? Oh, there you yeah. go. Sorry, I completely forgot. But yeah, I go for like a pint on one of those, like the Fat Gadget, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't go down to the, the ground for drinks. I just don't. So, I mean, something like that would be much better where you could... I mean, even if the weather's a bit crap, I'm sure people will just gather in there. And you, in the winter, just get a couple of heaters or something. And people will stand, they'll have their coats on, they'll have a pint. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to rattle through a few of these now. And they're all, pre- they're all pretty much on the same, you know what I mean? Uh, our good mate Nick Brown <laughs> on Twitter. Edible food and pints that don't taste like piss would be a start. <laughs> our very own co-host Mike... Wonders if bottles could be the future. No messing about with pipes and stuff. Quicker to serve. I think some people don't like bottles, do they? But I do. I agree. I tend if I'm in the ground, I'd certainly I'd at half time. I think it would work. Yes, definitely, and yeah, a better choice of bottle as well would be yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, Dan Johnson via Twitter put the early kick off on the TVs and four pints for a tenner. I mean, what I'd say about the pint, four pints for a tenner, is you've, you've got to be realistic in what a brewery will offer you. As yeah, well yeah, but I think the scope to try and do some. Uh, yes. Better Offense. deals, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a particular drink each week is, is reduced or something. The, the, these are all pretty much the same, you know. Shirt, shirt, shirts. Uh, J.R. Bullman on Twitter. The bar area in the paddock just needs yeah. better organisation than one bloke trying his best. Used I, to be I, a thriving I, bar with half-time drinks. More staff needed. I, 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 I should pick up that one because I'm presuming he's talking about the Northern Paddock Bar, which is the one I go in usually with, with Greg and a few of the others who stand around with me. And yeah, poor old, um, I can't remember the name of the lad who's in the bar there, but he's absolutely snowed under every game. It's only yeah. him. All you need is two people in there. Two yeah, people, I mean, yeah. Even if, in fact, have three people in there. One person who deals with the people who are collecting the half-time pipe and then two people serving. Because one people serving, it gets busy in there really quickly. And I just feel the organisation there is a bit of a shamble sometimes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very tight little place in there. It just needs a bit of, bit of thought and planning. And it, it feels to me like... The caterers over the last few years have have been dialing it in. Really, they've been phoning in with the, the way they're doing it. That exactly ties in with the next one from uh, Johnny Raffles on Twitter, who said, "We think we can sort of say the catering and bar are on yeah. most people's yeah. lists all over the ground. Maybe bring someone local in who really knows how to turn it round, and not just another faceless contracted company." I think you've you've got to be careful, then, because just because the local doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be any good. And I'm not sure what where where the the companies we've been using have been based. I know one of the previous ones was local, and they weren't particularly great. So I think I think this also stems back to the, the general state of the ground. If if we had a modern ground that we, we you know we could use seven days a week, you would probably be able to employ someone to be in charge of food, drinks, and you know your offering. But because yeah. we literally are a, a once a fortnight operation it's not viable is it i do wonder as well do you, would you would you be better separating the the bars and the catering hut spits so so one one company deals with all the, the food side of it your little huts or whatever in the stands and everything and then another 
person or another company deals with the bar specifically if you do that in-house maybe or something i don't know that for me would maybe work better because it almost feels like they're a bit lost between the two aren't they they don't seem yeah, to know how to yeah. deal with things it, it, it's a weird one yeah yeah and speak, speaking of food tracy sturgis was what about pop-up catering of local businesses with different food experiences? We mentioned this last week, didn't we? Yeah, you know, maybe you could have uh, an Indian, a Chinese, vegan, vegetarian, a bit more yeah. choice. I mean, it's maybe something they could they could look to do for certain games, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I think more, you're more likely to get people to go and try stuff because the problem is if it's a burger every week or whatever, or a pie, and if those burgers and pies are shite, well, once they've had it once... They're not going to go back and try it again, yeah, are they? Yeah. Whereas you might go one time and have the curry wrap, and you're like, it wasn't the best that. But then next week, maybe you're doing like pizza slices or something like that, or whatnot, and you think, oh, actually, might I go? I'll go and give that a try this week or something or something. That's the thing. A bit of variety sometimes does help. I know you've got to generally stick with your bog standards, yeah. But you could produce them to a higher quality, couldn't you? That's the other yeah. thing also there. It, it, it's it's quite funny this because nearly I'm I'm going to say about six of them at once here, but. Blue Darren on Twitter, Ross Parkinson on Twitter, Rice UFC on Twitter, Phil Howe on Twitter, Ronnie Smith on Twitter, uh, Chris Gibson on Facebook, and John Lucock on Facebook. All of them pretty much say the same thing, you know, decent food, decent drink, make it a better experience. You know, can we maybe try and get, uh, you know, try and get people in, as we've already mentioned, you know, like Tranmere do. Yeah, you know, the, there's a couple of mentions of the Lakeland Steaks food, which is yeah, brilliant. I'll vouch for that. Food. It's it's brilliant, you know. Yeah. And all all of these are pretty much saying the same thing, you know. We just it needs to improve. Uh, a couple a couple of the better ones. Uh, Ian Mayer via Facebook, our wholesale food company owning chairman, <laughs> to provide the food to the club on the match day at a reasonable price. I'm not sure that's even the big issue there. I think the problem is there's just. The quality of the food and the way it's being yeah, and the way it's being yeah. served here is, is probably one of the biggest problems there. I don't think it's always as simple as well as doing it at the reasonable price and that. And, I, don't, uh, I don't know the in and out of it. But yeah, a shout a shout to uh, John Coleman uh, from the News and Star, who suggests that there should be wines and spirits in the media room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. I think one of the key things here is it, it doesn't necessarily have to be cheaper food, does it? I yeah. Mean, what people are saying is quality is as much something that people are really really keen on yeah good quality yeah. food people that's what people want to have don't they Get so, so the speaking on the quality and the, the the one-off things uh ryan devlin who's one of our uh good fans he actually mentions coming up with special drinks from local breweries you know yeah. i mean the london branch got the jimmy glass ale didn't they yeah which went down well you know he's saying why don't we speak to a, a local brewery and get beaches brew yeah. you know do a guess for, one for this do, season, do or guess one every other game, or something like that. Yeah, you know? even if it was once a month, you know that. Yeah. there's plenty of small breweries round about now, and you know it would provide a, it would provide better options for our fans. Yeah, but it would also raise awareness for these breweries of what they're doing. Yeah, you could you could have one at the at the outdoor bar that you have in your tent or whatever if you've got that set up. And what you could do to them today is, well, if you bottle it as well, we'll sell some in the club shop, because I think they did that with the Jimmy Glass one, don't yes, they? Yes, yeah, yeah. And you could have them selling in town, you know, and whatnot, you know, named after different legends and things like that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, that, that, that that's a fair point. That one. I think the idea of the outdoor tent is one that I, I think the club really need to explore. And I know people say, oh, well, we need parking and stuff. Think about cutting back on the parking, maybe. Because you know what they'll say, oh, but then you'll put people off coming. Well, actually... 
if you, if you're able to come down and have a drink and watch the game, more people might actually start to come on foot or by and bus and stuff like when, that. And when, you, you then save the parking, don't you? Yeah. When when we say a tent, we don't mean like a, a twelve foot square canopy. Yeah. Well, I, I mean I mean a proper, you know, a proper sort of wedding marquee size one. Yeah. With a proper bar, room for live music or a DJ, you yeah. know, and you know, get get the ex players coming up and meet and mingling with the fans for half an hour and Absolutely. photos. You know, I mean, I mean, the scope is fantastic. Speak to someone like Lummy for that because Lummy clearly has got some decent contacts. Yeah, now yeah, with, yeah. with ex players, he didn't even play with as well. That's the great thing yeah, as well. Yeah, he, yeah. he seems to be building up like an old car or play. I'm, yeah. I'm sure loads of them would love to come down and chat with the fans about old times yeah. and things like that. And, yeah, it's like I said, I think that's something the club really needs to, to look at and explore because I think there's really good opportunities potentially there to to make money and get people coming down well, before that, games. That, that's, that's, that's what uh, one, one of the sort of rounding up these comments. Uh, I don't know how we quite pronounce this, but Rounds on Twitter, he said, it's sort of my last comment on all this, but I feel the club now have a massive chance over the course of this pre-season and summer to capitalise on all these points made by everyone mm. with the new sort of catering contract coming into play and the brewery contract's actually up as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's it's pretty much a clean slate. So it's a yeah. fantastic opportunity, you know, and people, he sort of says, you know, people will want to come and watch because we've been starved of football. A yeah. good match day experience from the off could serve very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, from the we'll move on to the the final other sort of section. Yeah. There's only a few here. Um, Tim Graham, unsurprisingly, not not the most positive <laughs> Tim. Are you? But, but there you go. Tim's always like that. But um, but it, it's a fair point. You said mainly the same stuff people have mentioned continually for the last ten to fifteen yeah, years when yeah. the subject comes up, but it's generally never been acted on. That's the key thing. Yeah, we can't be ignoring this anymore. We, we really like like I've just said, we've got it. the perfect storm coming up because yeah. the catering's going to be fresh. It'll be a new brewery deal. Fans will be back after pretty much 18 months. Forget about the four or five games we saw. They were one-offs. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of goodwill about, you know, the club's looking like it's coming out of the whole COVID scenario on a better footing than most. Yeah. There really is a chance here. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. Um, You obviously mentioned the one from Runes there. Um, Kai Thompson suggests going back to one step beyond as a walkout song. I'll agree with that. I think the... Need to settle down on our own walkout song, don't we? I know you like the Sham, United, Sham, six, Sham 69 if the kids are united all day, every day. Only problem is other clubs use that, don't they? That, that's I don't the care. Reason. I know you don't. I, I don't, don't Um Regan suggests a live stream to the Cali so we don't have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, to be fair. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, and Kenny G, finally. Sums it up one. perfectly, doesn't he? More wins. More wins. And It's true, it's true. The, the football's not good enough, people won't come, but... More people will come if the experience is better. Yeah, get yeah. behind the team and potentially that leads to more wins, doesn't it? And one one other that's a little bit off, slightly off a tangent, but uh, yeah. there was a couple of mentions of the retail, just basically sort yeah. of saying the range isn't the best. That I know the website. Uh, you you actually helped set this up in two thousand and five. I think it? it's uh, no, I think it, it, it was round. It would have been round about then. It was set up the website. I think it's it's been more yeah. or less the same for years because they use the fit. I think they still use. The, I don't know the details. I'll be brutal. Honest. I think they use the same, same supplier still. Yeah, from, yeah. As in terms of the back shop for the actual shop itself, yeah, yeah. which all works on the stock take and everything. Yeah. But the the club, um, the Blue Star site, I helped 
revamp it in about 2011, I think it was when I was there. And it's had tweaks since then. And it is tweaks. It's nothing yeah, major has yeah. changed. And it's starting to look a little bit dated. I think that's one yeah, area yeah. where the club really could have a look and say, actually. Because I'll be honest yeah, I live in Liverpool and sometimes I think, oh, I could do it getting some bits and pieces because I don't have a chance after the game. And I never go to the website because it just it's not the most yeah. easy to use, if I'm honest. But that, that just might just be me. But then again, there's been a few comments there. So there you go. Um, that's it for this week then, Dan. Yeah. Good, good little bit there about all the uh, the fan suggestions. Well, like I said, what we'll do is um, Dan will um, share them with uh, Nigel Clibbins. And if there's anything extra anyone wants to add, do tweet us because we'll happily pass it on to the club and we'll, we'll see what they can do in terms of improving the matchday experience. What I'd say is don't expect all those things to happen at once and <laughs> no, start next no. season. They're not suddenly going to see all these things happen, but I think you will see slight improvements and things. I know that the, yeah. the work's hopefully going to start on the sporting in, isn't it, very soon, I think. In terms yes, of uh, there's, there's actually a site meeting tomorrow. We went on Thursday at the moment. Uh, Friday tomorrow there's a site meeting with uh, some people. That'll be fantastic if we can get that sorted soon as well. Uh, so yeah, that's it for this week, Dan. Thanks again for joining me. Um, we'll be back oh, probably, probably uh, it'll depend next week because there's no midweek game, is there? So we might record early on. We're probably going to wait to see the retain list come out, aren't we? And then yeah, yeah. have a look at it. And what we'll, we'll do... I was going to say, we'll, pro- we'll probably have a review of the Walsall game, update all the news, and then we'll sort of do the, the retained list. And then maybe the week after we could do a wider sort of yes. retained list with all the other clubs and maybe do our marks out of 10 for the the squad, etc. Yeah, we're going to do like a school report style thing for the squad, aren't we? So we're going to give them like yeah. A to F and that kind of thing. Won't be many on F or any, possibly, I don't know. Yeah. Can't think anyone who's been that bad this season, to be no. fair. Um, and obviously we'll look at, maybe look at, you know, plays we'd like to see us sign over the summer, possibly, because a lot of yeah. the retainers will be out by then. Um, and I will be recording in the next couple of weeks a special episode with uh, Fox Analytics. We're going to go through some stats from this season. Um, I'm going to ask him a few questions of my own, but that should be an interesting one. Um, and we'll have other bits to come as well. And what we're going to do is, well, actually, we'll, we'll launch the uh, Brunton Bugle end of season awards votes soon, won't we? So yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll decide some of the votes ourselves in terms of uh, who gets the awards, but we'll we'll open up the play of the year one at the very least yeah, to, the, yeah. to the fans, I think it's fair. We've got, we've got plenty to keep going through, may I put it like that? Yeah, and then in, and I think in June we'll probably do we'll the probably, episode, yeah. We'll probably do, we'll, we'll probably do those uh, specials of our best yeah. 11s and that just to... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. And then, cool. then come July we'll have fixtures out and signing starting to be made and ready to go again. Yeah, exciting times, exciting times indeed. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's it for this week, Dan. Thanks for joining me. Uh, if you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter uh, to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for Brunton Bugle on Facebook and like the page. Uh, if you haven't already, remember you can subscribe via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please do also give us a review Um Again, we've had some really brilliant ones on there. Really, really do appreciate that. Uh, in terms of the world map of listeners, we've got a new country, haven't we, Dan? We do. We're, we're big in Africa again. We're in the Gambia. Yes, that's right, the Gambia. Oh, never forget the the. It's the yeah. only country, isn't it, with the in the actual name. Do we have Banjul Blues? <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? But there you go. So, yeah, that's, that's the one new country this week. Uh, what we'll do as well in one of those specials, we'll, we'll go through. In fact, maybe next week we'll go through the list of all the countries where people are listening, just to say a big thank you to all you uh, 
blues out there across the globe. We've covered every continent, haven't we, this year? Yeah, Fantastic, yeah. isn't it, really, to sell. It must be so close into 50-odd countries, I think, we've had listening now. So, fantastic. Really do appreciate that. Dan, thanks for joining me again. I think it'll be all three of us next week, won't we? I think Mike's going to try and yes, join us. So, I think uh, so, yeah. Should be good on that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, enjoy the final game if you can. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be an entertaining opening and uh, contest, but we'll have to wait and see. Cheers, everyone, and uh, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.